Alright guys, welcome back to the Property Pod for 2021, your easy to listen to and accessible way into the real estate market. I'm your host Aaron Horn, and I'm joined at the desk again in 2021 by 414 Property Co. Real Estate Agents, Patrick Berry and John McGregor. Welcome back, gentlemen. Yeah, hey everyone, nice how are we going? Bloody good. It's good to be back. It's season three. Season yeah. three. Oh, I like three. the sound of that. Yeah, it yeah. sounds better when you say it that way. Yeah, absolutely. No- normally, like a show will get like the first season to kind of build an audience. The second season, you kind of find out whether you're real or fake and then they'll cancel you. Yes. No one can cancel us. We're in charge. No, at this point. Well, I think like you said at the last one is it's not as fun. As it's it's more – was it? It's fun. It's more fun, it's more than, fun it than it should be. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. No one can cancel us because we're the only people yeah. putting it out there. <laughs> well, we could, we could in inverted commas, cancel ourselves by saying yeah, yeah, something exactly. really inappropriate and, <laughs> and have to fly to Antarctica it, or something. It, it, do, do an apology to ourselves, you know, do something really, really sad. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. No, John's brought up our final episode of last year, which was um, clearly one of our highest rating of all time. We – we With brought in a celebrity, a Goldie, yeah, yeah. A, a Logie winner, yeah. uh, your brother. That's right. That was and um, yeah, a ripping ripper episode. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. It says Christmas in the title, but it's uh, it's just a really, really good listen. And this year we've got heaps planned. We're mm. going to um, yeah, jump into 2021 with both feet and um, and really go for it. I'm glad you've got heaps planned, Aaron, because I'm thinking what have we got organised? <laughs> but that's <laughs> why I have you working that's, on my team. That's right. That's Aspir- right. Aspirations, dreams, it's all there. No, all no, there. we're going to really really kick the podcast into gear in 2021 and, and try and you know catch some more of our big fish out there and, and reach out kind of – reach our net wider and try and, and find some really interesting people to talk to and mm. and have our listeners, um, yeah, learn from. Well, the good thing is too, I mean, there's so much new stuff that's even happened in these last couple of months and even with the articles we've got today, uh, bringing back a lot of our previous guests is still really useful because it's just them being able to cover off on a much deeper topic or even um, deep dive even further than what we had before. So it's being rather than just skimming the surface, we could probably start to look at real practical means as well. So look out, Simon Presley, we'll be calling you soon, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, that's an interesting quote. One of the um, – for the investments into Tasmania will be interesting because it's straight out of this article that um, from the RRT's produced. Um, yeah. Might as well swing into it, shall we? All right, let's do this. Why don't we cut to a break and then get straight into it, Ayaz? Sounds good to me, yeah. yeah. Whoop, whoop. No time like the present. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> good R2D brew sitting on the on the table. <laughs> it's uh, Radio John, not yeah. TV. No one can get your joke apart from us at the table. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Everyone else there. What's he talking about? <laughs> oh, that John. <laughs> 414 Property Co. All types of property for all types of people. At 414 Property Co, we believe that property is for everyone. White collar, blue collar, no collar, dog collar. Whoever you are, we will find the property for you. Contact 414 Property Co at www.414.com.au. All right, guys, 2021, things have um, been really, really exciting here in Hobart and here in Tasmania. Mm. Uh, We're just kind of looking through things and kind of feeling out what's happened since the world kind of uh, lost its mind and caught a pandemic. Yes. And, um, yeah, it'd be really interesting to go through some stats on what's happened in Hobart kind of in that period. 
So realestate.com.au actually brought out some stats recently and they're from the time frame, John, of um, December 2019 through to December 2020. So mm. um, just mm. finishing up obviously a couple of months ago and what they've done is they've actually gone and ranked all of the best performing suburbs for uh, Hobart and all the other capital cities yeah. around Australia yeah. as to who's improved the most in value and I thought it was really interesting to see what topped the list here in Hobart. So. Yeah, I thought we'd have a quick look at that this morning. So, yeah, just to clear, this is stats that ran essentially the entirety of 2020. So, the yeah. essentially December yeah. 2019 to the end of Yeah, so we're talking, you know, two months before the pandemic really hit yep. through to mm. the end of December. So, But just a really good gauge of what, what happened in 2020 for the market. During COVID-19. Yeah, cool. So, and it's completely different to what most people probably would have expected back in, you know, February, March when the world went into lockdown. Well, that's, that's why I wanted to clarify because looking at the um, graph and stuff here that you've got in front of me, I'm like, oh, this is not kind of what we're all anticipating right at the start of the year. It's kind of like the the upper bits look really nice. <laughs> the upper bits look really nice. <laughs> you know how like your brother was talking about how if you flip a graph upside down, it still just <laughs> oh, reads true. exactly the same? That's right, yeah. If you yeah. flip this upside down, it still makes um, everything look really good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at these suburbs. Sorry, right. I digress. John, you go go for it, mate. Well, this one, we I, I can really empathise with the first one being um, Dodgers Ferry. So if that was, in, you know, if 26% growth in 12 months now sitting at 440 grand, well, that means that what we're talking about is probably started at 360, 380, 12 months ago. Um, so that is phenomenal. And you think our um, Aaron who's joined us now, he's out at Sorrel. And what we what was the one that we had up at, uh, sold at Nicholas Drive? I was going to say you had one in Dodgers Ferry last Absolutely. year. Absolutely. And that, well, that sold bang right on that new median price. Yep. Uh, and, and that was right at the start of the year as well. So, look, you were pushing the boundary. Yeah, we – well, that was that was mid. So what we had um, – there was 17 at Lomas Road Force. It was a sale, for sale at the time. So we're talking sort of May – now, these came on just after we merged. So we're talking sort of July, um, August, I yep. think, at this point. Okay. And where, what was interesting with that, though, is at the time we'd still had um, – uh, uh, open uh, open homes were a thing by that stage because I think that started to be able to relax the rules a bit. We still had to be a bit careful, and I mean where where I suppose Dodgers Ferry is phenomenal is we've got um, you know where, where you can ta- say take an extra in a half an hour forty five minutes from Hobart Drive is that everyone that is familiar with that area and are buying into it. Um, it seems that we started to see that they either grew up in the area familiar with it or they could absolutely see the potential of a lifestyle property down that way. Well, and, that's it. The suburb has changed its demographic completely. Oh, like my 100%. mother and father-in-law live down there and in the time they've been there, it's just a different area. It's a lot of young families moving in. Yep. They're moving there because, you know, a 30-minute commute to town isn't a problem anymore. Yep. Or they don't see it as a problem because of the lifestyle it brings with it. You've got yeah. the beach, you've got really good public school down there. It's just got a really nice family atmosphere now, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's probably one of the most um, interesting ones, what that – where it alert years ago gentrification, where it, it for many years it had had a, you know a, a bad reputation, but that's just certainly not the case anymore. Um, and to see that as and being that the number one performing um, suburb across the states and is, is amazing. Well, in Hobart, sorry, it's it's interesting. In kind of, I'm just trying to um, extrapolate some of this information out of this through my little filter here. So mm. the graph we're looking at is saying suburbs with the largest increase in property prices. Hey, large value city. increase. Yeah, large value increase across that thing. So looking at the top five here, they're all houses um, and just looking at each suburb, I'm just going to run through them. So it's Dodgers Ferry, New Norfolk, Berrydale, Bridgewater and Rokeby. Mm. 
kind of what you've described, John, there with the um, the way the suburbs have changed in perception and the demographic that's in them. You could kind of take all of those, maybe not Berrydale as that's kind of a little more central, but the other ones are those ones that are on the fringe yep. of kind of the main CBD areas and mm. they're that little bit extra further to travel and they kind of have all had um, negative connotations towards them at some stage in their period as, oh, you don't want to live in this place, you don't want to live in that place. Yep. However, that gentrification of the area is really interesting that these are the places that are having the real yeah, and I don't want to I don't want to jump in on our next article that we'll lead into. But when we start talking about the next one, you'll see why these suburbs have probably performed pretty well. Oh, Pat, look at see I've actually researched. Yeah, that's two that's minutes really before good. we started recording. Yeah. But hey, well, and <laughs> another thing too. So Bridgewater Rugby um, and uh, a large contingent of Norfolk did, did have a big um, um, element of uh, government housing established, and that's what's surreal about it. So, um, so take Bridgewater for example. You've got this suburb that's running right onto the um, Derwent River. Um, so some of the best views you can possibly get yet um, because of its original, uh, you know, purpose for being established, obviously it's taken a long, you know, long time for that to slowly start to change. Um, and that would, I suppose, it naturally has to happen if properties continuously become less affordable closer to. People realise, well, maybe if I just, you know, it's not, not so much and you just get one family in there, one family in there, one family in there, um, and the perception slowly starts to change. And sometimes, you know, we've got that Glenorchy, same element, where it's the north of the flannelet curtain. And people hold these ideals that just aren't relevant anymore. No, yeah. you're, de- you're definitely right there. And obviously Bridgewater's my backyard and where I do a lot of work. Exactly. And over the last five years, it's just such a diverse demographic and 100%. a diverse amount of people that live there now. It's not just what used to be 10 years ago. Yep. And now it's definitely a family area. It's definitely a a new changing area and it's definitely more acceptable by a lot of people, which is fantastic to see because it's a great suburb. Yeah, absolutely. It's got great views. It's got some outstanding parklands. It's got a beautiful walkway along the waterfront that mm. you can do and it's got a brand new Woolworths and a, a good-sized coal. So yep. it's got everything you need and if you love KFC, it's there too. So, <laughs> you know, we're good. <laughs> I know that one well. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, even say Rokeby, for example, you've got the new developments that have happened um, surrounding that too where it be – um, uh, Oak Downs or Glebe Hill, etc. So, you know, a lot of those... And um, rugby itself's got a few new subdivisions in it as well. 100%, yeah. And where you've got the, the, the new expectation, those new um, properties, we just had one in Emmeline Court that had just sold. That was, there was a little uh, section that got built in um, 2010. Um, and that went for uh, just over 400,000. And then all the new ones are sort of going from, you know, 400 plus up to in excess of 500 grand at this point. So um, you've got, you know, young people or you're looking to build new properties in these suburbs. And you, like you've been ha- handling most of the new development in Bridgewater, Paddy. Um, you know, there's, there's brand new developments happening in these areas. So by natural course of that, the prices obviously will increase, but so does the potential of the suburb and the interest. So as a question from the um, other side of the fence, kind of looking at it from a buyer's perspective, is this good news or bad news, kind of the places that maybe were considered more affordable for the, per- the home- first home buyer or somebody that's kind of wanting to get into the market with a, you know, their deposit. I know there's schemes and stuff that will help you out, but yeah. kind of if the um, the largest increase in property prices is in the place where you used to be able to buy. Mm. It's getting tricky. It's getting oh, tricky. And, yep. it's, and it's always going to get tricky. Yep. Like um, 
I don't think anyone expects prices to drop over the next couple of years. Yep. Mm. And the only way prices will steady out and this increase won't continue to happen is if government releases more land for subdivisions and councils push through new subdivisions yep. so more builds can happen. Yep. The reason these prices keep going up and the reason why property market has been so strong over the last three or four years is there's literally a lack of housing in Tasmania. Yep. And that's right across the state. Which is a whole other episode and kind Ooh, of yeah, rental definitely. crisis and all the things that are kind of – did you see that thing in the newspaper? Never mind. We'll come back to that in another <laughs> yeah, yeah. episode. Sorry. <laughs> we'll stick with what we've got today just because we've got, um, yeah, some really good stuff here. Mm. Um, moving from there, it's kind of – that's the top five housing ones. And then if you look in uh, the unit prices with the price increase, it's funny because – you kind of got your Kingston Sandy Bay Howers in that um, in that zone. So mm. is that kind of saying that the people um, that can't afford the houses in those areas will still pay a premium dollar just to live the unit kind of lifestyle, which is similar to this kind of um, town planning stuff you covered off with, Christy? Well, well, I think one of the so one of the it's interesting you'd say you've got a diverse range of people, but that's where I think with you know Christy we want to be a, enable a diverse range of property styles as well. So yep. not everyone needs the, the the big backyard for dogs and cats, right? So that's where the diverse um, you know range for property enables for people to sell out of their big homes to get into a, a, a more affordable and convenient lifestyle. So that frees up stock in itself as well. Um, so I mean I know with the last unit that we sold in Sandy Bay, just a little um, one bedroom, um, went to a um, young girl on her own. Yep. Um, yeah, she's got, got mm-hmm. her car. And she didn't care about the size of the unit. It was the nope. suburb that she wanted to live in. It was so the she, purely location. Yeah, so she made mm. the choice that size wasn't important to me, location was important to me. Yep. And that's just a different type of buyer that's out there. Right? Absolutely. And Some people will sacrifice distance to be able to get the larger home where mm. others will want the convenience. And we'll settle for the smaller property. And so. you know, there's and sometimes too the the prestige of being able to say that you live in a certain suburb is, is important to many people. And well, Sandy Bay is actually the one I was surprised made the top five list. List to be honest, under mm. units, not because it's not a good suburb, but mainly because obviously last year we viewed Taz not being solely fully up and running and all that accommodation that once would have been university accommodation from a rental perspective, it's been a lot quieter. I know we've seen in the rental market that. <laughs> units in Sandy Bay take a lot longer to rent than what they once did. Yep. And it just surprised me to see that um, people were still – that prices like – well, it's increased enough, I guess, to be able to make the top five. That's I, what shocked I, me. I, I think it's relevant, to, I suppose, to see the, the difference though. So say you take Glenorchy and Claremont, the, the prices had increased 18 to 17 18% and 17%, whereas um, the two bottom ones, Sandy Bay and Howrah, 4% and 1%. So um, by all accounts, on the full median change of, say, uh, eight to nine percent, ten percent over over twelve months. It's still technically, if they break it down, it hasn't performed as well as the you know the normal median. Agreed, but there's also a bucket loads of suburbs right across Hobart that didn't make the list at all. Exa- so. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, exactly. <laughs> like, what, so Sandy Bay even at four percent is surprising that it actually had growth. Yeah, like, with the lack of demand for uh, units in that area, I was actually expecting Sandy Bay to be minuses. Well, and the, I guess where the the other the, the what's it's interesting too is it say um, I think the new the next article we're talking about is okay if that's the case where houses have, and land values have driven up a lot but the, the top five performing um, in the unit market hasn't as much wh- why could that be the case well then where if if not, uh, generally speaking um, an investors market's going to be looking at units for its um, low maintenance sort of element um, and just e- uh, easy returns um, where are they where have they gone? Um, is it then, you know, is it just the locals that are driving um, the market especially? Is the idea that people in Hobart commonly think, oh, it's all the people from interstate driving up these prices that we can't buy? Well, as it turns out, 
that's just not the case. No, so that's mm. that's a perfect segue across to article number two that um, Pat's found here today, which is um, another one by our friend of the podcast, Jared Bevan. Oh, thank yeah. Jared for always coming up with content for us to talk about. <laughs> it's good. Without you, mate, we'd be struggling, so thank you. <laughs> We're going to have to have a wallet here called Friends of the Pod. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just with some faces. We're almost at that point where we owe him a pair of shoes. Yeah, you'll have to be in charge of buying the shoes, Pat, though, because um, <laughs> you're the king of that. Like You've got one tattooed on your leg, so <laughs> yeah, you're in charge of the the shoe um, ordering for Jared. Problem is, I think he's got better sports style than I do. So <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get one to his level. But anyway, we're digressing. So let's get back to where we were. Josh has been talking about the the influence of the locals on the marketplace here, and it's amazing. Looking at this article, it's saying local buyers in um, Tassie have driven the market higher and higher in 2020, with a record 80% of residential sales made by Tasmanians. Yeah, so absolutely. That, uh, Which is amazing, considering if you talk to anyone on the street, they mm. would tell you the reason you can't buy a home in Hobart is because all the interstate people are buying it. Interstate, international, all these our, people coming in yeah. stealing. I saw on Facebook last week our friends at from buyers agents in Launceston yep. that were on the show, they had a post up with this big happy sold photo like saying how – and this nice sort of review about how somebody had helped – they'd helped somebody buy into Tassie mm. and all they got was hate messages back about how you're selling to all the investors not giving us locals an opportunity and it's just not true. Yeah. The yeah. investor marketplace over the last 12 months has been pretty much non-existent compared to local buy. Well, but you, you bang on because that that's what the, the, the numbers stacked up. Is it after – in what it said in the last – since 2018 – um, the investment as uh, investments dropped by forty two percent. So the mm. proportion of investors buying forty two percent. So it's actually, um, and if you think about when we've interviewed the different buyers agents and the investment agents, um, of course they they might have been back 2016, 2018, riding that wave of, of strong growth and then establishing that investment base, and then they're just getting out of the competition run. Um, and so therefore, like the idea that okay, yes, it's investors keep crushing us the whole time. Yeah, just the numbers now just show that that's just not the case. There's less than there ever has been. So it is home buyers that are driving this. Which is fantastic yeah. because it's good to see local buyers getting into the market. Well, and it's, that's the thing. It's not It's not necessarily a good or a bad thing, but it's just worth being able to go, well, you know, this is this is the reality of it. Like it's, yeah. actually, it's actually locals who are buying their home. I think it's easy. To, I think it's easy to um, feed into the urban legend of kind of, oh, it's all the outsiders kind of trying to get in on our beautiful, pristine place yeah and it's easy to feel like oh i missed out on that property oh yeah it's bloody this bloke in sydney or this bloke over in melbourne or wherever mm. it's easy just to feed that beast and be like oh yep um that's the way it is but yeah yeah it's it's harder to say oh no i lost to the guy down the street who's yep. um my neighbor as well but you know he put in the better offer yeah he's exactly. got the property because it certainly doesn't um it, knowing that number doesn't actually help with the feeling of knowing that you keep missing out like that's <laughs> A reality. No, and yeah, a lot of, again, another episode that I hope we can cover off this year is getting your best um, offer and, and how how to make that offer that will, How to negotiate. I think we need win. to pin two conversations there. One's going to be how to present the best offer to be able to win a house yep. and also how to present the best application to get a rental property in Tasmania. Mm. I have people reach out on our Facebook page all the time and say, I missed out on this property. What can Go I on. do to make my application better next time? Yep. Mm. So I think we need to definitely get one of our rental team in as well and we can have that conversation because that's a one that a lot of people are struggling with as well. Yeah, yeah. cool. There's definitely the pop them into the right. um into the thought police. Boom. But coming back to stats, there's two more in this article that I really loved as well. Um, and one was around first home buyers, and it reads twenty five point eight percent 
increase in first home buyer activity, which is the highest level since 2009, which yeah. is massive. Well, and that, that, that makes sense. So remember in 2009, we still had the, um, the double federal home buyers, which was to up to $14,000 at that point. And um, Tassie still had a stamp duty rebate. And then after that, they just removed everything. Mm. But now we've got that, um, was it the, the 5% deposit scheme and the Tassie rebate yeah. and the First Home Builders Grant. It's not surprising that that but, um, pattern's repeating. And this stat alone is probably why areas like Dodgers Ferry have become really popular with yeah. first home buyers. Yep. And these outer suburbs that we were talking about earlier are now featuring the top, you know, 10. Yep. Come on, John, we're better than that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, money talks. (laughs) Um, But I think that's exactly why some of these suburbs are just booming at the moment because there are so many first-time buyers finally in a position Mm. to get into the marketplace. Money's cheap with banks at the moment. There's incentives out there for stamp duty rebates if you're a first-time buyer. There's a lot of good out there that helps you get into the market, which is really positive to see. Yeah, and it's that thought that um, if you had to normally wait the extra couple of years in order to save the extra money, well, now it's like, well, no, you can actually have that – you can jump into it now. So it's bringing the opportunity um, to, to, to today where otherwise it might have had to wait another 12 to 24 months to save up that extra bit of cash. Now, then the next stat, and this is the scary one to a degree, um, is that they, with all this data, they're actually predicting that throughout 2021 prices will continue to rise and we could see an increase of 10 to 15%, which is incredible because yeah. earlier in the year, though, oh, sorry, late last year, there was a lot of economists saying that if JobKeeper finishes up, which it looks like it will in the future, yeah, that um we might only see a, you know a two to three percent increase, mm. but Tasmania seems to be that lucky state that sort of avoided the whole COVID situation. Yeah, and now yep. it just seems like it's business as normal. Um, most things are open back up now. Most people are touring the state, having holidays here locally rather than travelling interstate. Yeah. I'm sure there's still areas of the industries that are still struggling, but yeah, this 10 to 15% price growth prediction is crazy. Well, and that, that's, and then the thing is, too, is you think of um, what the Glenorchy media now being at about 400 grand or so. Well, I know Claremont was when we were doing the stats yesterday, but then all of a sudden, if the median jumps to 440, but in 12 months' time, is it, you're just not going to have enough, you know, you, people, it's, and that's going to be a real challenge. Is people can't save at the speed at which um, prices are moving. Yeah, so yeah. that's. Good if you're already in the market, yeah. but not so good if you're not there yet. Sitting you, sidelines, yeah, yeah, so it's kind of I know like a lot of people in in my um, holidays were asking me like oh, like that's why I brought it up just a minute ago like how do you make the best offer because I'm sick of well, missing I, out. I think mm. what you need to do as a purchaser is like five thousand dollars more today. It might seem like it's breaking the bank on you, like that's way more than I should be paying for it. But is five thousand dollars today better than? $60,000 in 12 months' time. Yep. Yeah. Yes, you don't have a crystal ball and you don't know if the prices will increase that much, but if they do, it's such a little I've amount of money over in the comparison over the years. course of 30 years. I've heard right. John make a really good analogy about like is, can you find $10 a week or something like yeah, that. Like it, when so when you kind of break it down that way, mm. it's like I know it seems like 5000 now is really hard to do, but yeah, can you not have two coffees for the week? And, and then that there's your money there. Yeah. You know? and that, Sorry, and that's Shake. Still, we'll, we'll still find a way to get the coffees <laughs> to you, mate, but, you know, we've got a mortgage to pay for too, you know. And, and, and it's that sort of that shift in your mindset too where it can be, you know, um, an opportunity cost where someone's trying to 
play the market or pick it and say, well, uh, I'm afraid I'm paying too much or what if the market changes? Well, if the opportunities present itself there today, that's the cost of it today. Um, and who knows, I mean, we can make all these predictions or assessments, but, um, you know, you, you may, it may go up, it may go down. But if that extra 5000 is your opportunity cost to secure a house for the next 30 years, um, well, then um, that that's the way the dice got to roll. It's worth, well, in my opinion, um, especially if you know you're going to be there a long time, um, I've started to understand now after moving a couple of times where, yeah, that, that little bit of extra just is not a big amount of money in the, in the, of the, of the course of 30 years. That's it. If you're buying a family home and your intention is, you know, this is your dream home, you're not moving in 12 or 18 months' time. Yeah. So, or if everything goes to plan, you're not. Yeah. But um, that $5,000 should start to become really relevant at the end of the day. Yeah. And it, uh, this is a weird, uh, uh, like a weird, um, not analogy, but like a link. When um, when we met, what's what's a baby doctor called? What are you, what are they? Pediatrician. Pediatrician. I remember him saying, it's kind of like, as a boy, <laughs> so, <laughs> so what's, it's, a, what's a bubba doctor? What's a bubba doctor, man. Uh, but when, uh, but I remember when having a chat with him, he's just like, when should I have a baby? He said yesterday. You know, he's just like, have babies, all the babies. Just, you know, there was that's his one push. And I suppose from my perspective is that um, being, a, being a homeowner, if you, if you can do it, is a great thing, you know. Um, if it means you have to – that's, I suppose, you know, from my, I'm sitting there saying, oh, you know, tr- don't stretch yourself outside your limitations, of course. That's never the advice. But, um, you know, it's, I suppose, as exciting as an estate agent. It's like I see the, the joy that can come from home ownership, you know. So that's sort of, I suppose, that push that, say, um, that little bit extra doesn't – All the maintenance. The yeah. bills, the utilities. It's just it's just a joy, John. It's a joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait till he goes and sees the baby doctor. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and that's that on his No, well, see, Dad's got a joke. He said when I asked him once, Dad, you know, how much does a baby cost? And he goes, I don't know, son, I'm still paying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you the bill. I'll send you the bill. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, I think that's actually um, a really good intro into 2021, kind of getting an idea that this coming year for Hobart, the Hobart marketplace in Tasmania is maybe going to be a challenging year if you're not already in the market. Yeah. But it's going to be a good year if you are and you're trying to um, like earn some equity from your place. Be really interesting, kind of splitting that off and taking the podcast in ways where we can kind of help those people that aren't in it yet and they're listening to this and trying to think like, how can I get my foot up and how can I? I know we were having a discussion before we were on air about the pre-marketing phase, off market, yeah, off market yeah. and stuff like that. So mm. again, it's one of those things where if we can educate uh, the greater. Um, Hobart area, educate all the people that uh, do listen and even people that aren't from Hobart that are listening from elsewhere if you want to know anything about our marketplace or yeah, yep. the market out there, we're here to help. Uh, you guys are always reachable via your social medias, your phone, your email. They can find you, look you up, talk to the boys. Mm-hmm. Um but, yeah, I think from here it would be really good to launch 2021 into a stratosphere of we're here to help, we're going to help and let's kind of get all property for all types of people out there. I'm in. Boom. Sounds good. Awesome. Great to be back on the mics. 100%. Oh, it's gentlemen. so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did I say? More fun than it should be. More fun than it should be. <laughs> More fun than it should be. <laughs> all right. All right. Awesome. That's uh, the Property Pod episode something. Season 2021 three. season three. Let's go. <laughs> Episode one, season three. Yeah. Right. Not <laughs> easy. Boom. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. See ya.
You have been listening to The Property Pod, recorded and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Property Co. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek their news, their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information without first seeking qualified and professional advice.